Hello and welcome back to How to Adult. This episode, I talk to my friend Katrina about moving abroad and living somewhere where you perhaps don't know anyone. If you're looking to live abroad or just move somewhere where you perhaps don't know anyone, this one should be an interesting listen. Amongst many other things, we talk about making friends, jobs and expectations. Enjoy! Hello, Katrina! Hi, Simone. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are we doing, pal? Not too bad. Not too bad, all things considered. Best we can be at this point in time. Second lockdown looming. So, that's the main thing. That is the main thing. We're still, we got out of bed today and that is the main thing. Yeah, that is. If you can get out of bed and have a shower, yeah. that's good. Sometimes I don't have a shower, I'm not going to lie. Um, well, same here, okay. same here. That's Getting out of bed is already a lot. Yeah. So we should be proud of ourselves for that. <laughs> so this episode is dedicated to moving somewhere new without really knowing people I guess I had this question posted to me not that long ago and someone asked could you do a podcast on people moving somewhere and not knowing many people because I want to move to I think they said like London or Bristol I don't know why I'm showing the details but I don't know anyone in these places but to me they seem really exciting places to go I have some prospects there but the thought of moving somewhere where I don't know anyone is terrifying me and I would love to hear from someone who has experienced it and I thought, who do I know that's done that? Uh, I've known a few people, actually, just from drama school. But you, Katrina, uh, popped right in my mind because you have done just that. Indeed. And, and maybe I've travelled the furthest, having come from New Zealand. Like, you can't get much further away from the UK than New Zealand. <laughs> I, I think you're right, yeah. And I don't know anyone else from New Zealand, so definitely have been you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a pleasure. I guess preparing for this interview, I, because before I'd been asking people on Instagram a few questions, and then today I thought, what does the internet say on this topic? Because it feels like something that people would Google. So I did Google, oh, gonna drop my phone, caught it, good. So I did Google uh, moving abroad or moving to a new place solo. So I guess we're not exclusively talking about abroad, but you happen to move extremely, extremely far away. Uh, (laughs) And there was a lot of articles on the internet saying why living abroad solo will be the best decision of your life. And I guess I was here to try and get the reality or the truth uh, and the ups and downs from you because that sounds quite exciting but to me the thought sounds utterly terrifying Mm. I think it's both actually yeah it that's quite a big claim but um it I guess it depends what you make it right Um, but I think yeah it has potential to be both terrifying and the best thing you've ever done I think so so what let's just when did you move from New Zealand to the UK Yeah, so a long time ago now. So I moved um, to London in 2004 Mm -hmm. at the tender age of 23 and a half. Um, And very young, may I add. Yeah, it was was young. And I think 
I sort of look back and I think I was probably quite a naive 23 and a half year old um, having grown up in you know New Zealand I, I really don't like this kind of um, image that a lot of people have of New Zealand as being like this kind of backwards parochial kind of place like 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 England in the 1950s like it's it's not like that like it's it's really modern and it's an amazing country but it is small and so I think that probably you know affects you know when you grow up you maybe don't see things that other people the same age in another country have seen so I yeah I definitely felt quite naive and very young um and so this was back when there were no smartphones and to try and find my way around a new city, I had to carry a map book with me <laughs> everywhere I went. Yeah, so everyone the, really the, knew you the newbie at this point. Exactly. Yeah, there was no hiding it. Um, so, yeah, if you heard of the A to Z, it's like a map yes, book. Yes, we had one London at home. Street. Yeah. 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 So I had one of those with me at all times. Um and yeah, I think the the terrifying aspect that didn't really dawn on me until maybe the week before I was due to fly out and leave my family and all my friends. Um, I think I just for the longest time kind of thought I really want to travel and I knew that it was um, London was somewhere I wanted to live for a while and experience a different place and that's really typical of New Zealanders and and Australians too and I maybe yeah lots of lots of different um, nationalities it's it's kind of a rite of passage but in New Zealand it's called um, your overseas experience like it has a name what yeah yeah so when kind of when I was growing up people would like often ask me or like my parents friends would say oh you're gonna go on your your big OE your overseas overseas experience yeah your big oe (laughs) and um yeah so it's got this it's got this real um uh i don't know what the word is but it's 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 a really big thing and it's It's kind of ingrained um, in your society then to go off somewhere really far away have an adventure exactly yeah exactly um and so, yeah, my cousins had done something similar and I thought, yeah, I definitely want to do that. It sounds like a really exciting thing to do, to travel, see the world and, and experience a different country, albeit, you know, kind of an English speaking country that's quite similar to New Zealand. It was it was still a really exciting thing to do. So is it a common thing to decide to live there or is it a common thing to like, because I guess here what we call it is the gap year. Um, like you, yeah. you go traveling before uni or after uni or people do it in sixth form like when they've just turned old enough and people kind of do like a tour of Europe or they go to Asia and do a tour there but did you always plan to move or was it that you wanted to go traveling? It was both um, so in New Zealand most most people have kind of some kind of ties to the UK because we're a young country that was settled by you know British settlers lots of people have um, ancestry 
that they can they can kind of rely on uh, for getting a visa and that was that was my situation so my grandfather was born in the UK and I had a four-year ancestry visa that would allow me to live and work in the UK other people if they didn't have that then they could go on a working holiday visa which was a two-year visa so I think people would tend to kind of go to London with the idea that they'd live there for a couple of years and they would travel around Europe at the same time and kind of yeah see as much of the world as they could or as much of Europe as they could um, before going back to New Zealand to kind of settle down and it would usually be done after university that's and, crazy um, to me that you that you everyone mm. decides to live by themselves you just go yeah I'm gonna live for a few years see you in a few years guys like I know people who do that who've done that now but at 23 that feels like a huge thing to just go and live somewhere else and you're like yeah I'm gonna be gone for a few years yeah it is like when I think about it it is quite a big thing but maybe because New Zealand's quite far away it feels quite isolated um, from the rest of the world sometimes um, that you know, maybe that's the kind of reasoning behind it that you can you can kind of yeah travel quite a distance and kind of get all your traveling done that you want to do in that part of the world and then and then go back home um, and because it, so many people do it it doesn't feel like um, such a daunting prospect yeah. maybe yeah maybe well that is until kind of the day I was flying out probably or the night before I, I just remember crying unstoppably is that a word yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I was inconsolable um the thought of leaving my family and and not knowing when I would see them again yeah you know you talk to them I, like I talk to my family every week but, um, but you're not getting on not a train or a bus you you're like you, you're getting on a huge plane a long plane ride yeah together. yeah and and the cost um of getting back home just you know if you want to see your family you, you know you can't go you can't go home for the weekend or anything it's just yeah, yeah so that that really kind of dawned on me just before I was about to leave um and also, I think I realised that I would be leaving my friends behind as well. And a few of them were planning to go to London uh, at some point, but I was the first of my friends to go. And then I, I just realised, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have my really close set of friends with me. This is going to be really scary. What am I doing? But but I had a, a cousin who I was um, going to stay with, so I had I had people I knew, not super close, but people I knew who I could, yeah, who could help me out when I first arrived, which was which was amazing. Um, so not totally alone, but um, yeah. So who were the people think? that you knew, and why did you choose London? So. I'm going to answer your second question yeah, first. Yeah, I probably in a, in a weird um, order there. No, that's all right. Um, so I think London made sense. Like it's it's a big city. There's so much going on. Um, so much to do, and it's it seems like a really great hub to get anywhere. Had you been before, or was this something that you'd like read or seen online that? you had all these expectations for what it would be like 
Yeah. Um, so I had been once before, really flying visit. Um, we've got family in the UK and we came for a family holiday. Uh, so we, I think we were in London for like maybe an afternoon or something, met my cousin and then we jumped on a train uh, and we went to see some family in Somerset and then and then I think maybe we came back through London to see some more family up north. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really, when I was moving here, I didn't really remember what it was like. The thing that, that I um, associated London with was the images I'd seen of London in movies. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> Which may or may so, not be very different. Exactly. And I think the thing... The image that was probably strongest in my mind was from Mary Poppins. I can't. This is my... <laughs> Spoiler alert. I've heard this story before and it's my favourite story. Not going to lie, this is one of the main things I thought of when someone said um, moving to a new place and expectations of not knowing anyone. I was just like, this story... Sorry, carry on. I just love it. Incredible. I thought Yeah, now, yes. <laughs> Well, Mary Poppins was a seminal film of my childhood. (laughs) Of Um, (laughs) all the films that you could have based on what the UK might be like. Yeah, I know. It was Mary Poppins. Yeah, it it couldn't have, you know, yeah, have been like any older. Like, it's crazy. Like, there's so many other films like... Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill. Like, no, for me, it was Mary Poppins. Also, I'm just <laughs> not sure if any film really does justice of what, like, actual British culture is like. Like, what it's like to go into a Weatherspoons, what it's like to go in, like, <laughs> a local pub, what it's like to walk down the streets on the tube on a Saturday night. Like, this is not in a film, so to have the <laughs> expectations of Mary Poppins... <laughs> Yeah, Before I was like, a place. Cherry Tree Lane, yeah, <laughs> like, that's where I'm going to live. Everyone's <laughs> going to be flying their kites, saying hello to their neighbours, they're going to know yeah, where make, everyone is. I'll make friends with a, a Cockney chimney sweep, Yeah, who brings me good luck, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was, um, it was quite a different place to the one I expected. Oh, and, and then who um, did you know in London when you moved? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, so I knew my cousin, who was much older than me. Um, and, um, yeah, I stayed with him and his wife initially. And then I had um, some other people that I knew that were kind of acquaintances. They were friends of friends. So back in New Zealand, one of my friends was dating an English guy. And some of his friends had been out to New Zealand to visit um, and so I got to meet them. They were really lovely. And so I, I kind of thought, okay, well, you know, perhaps I've got some potential new friends there. Um, but that was it. Like, I'd, I'd met them once or twice, kind of when, you know, when they were on holiday in New Zealand. Kind of just knew and of so I, people and you had a cousin, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I kind of, I thought, oh, maybe, yeah, I better better get in touch with these people. And I, I remember emailing them saying, hi, don't know if you remember me, but um, I'm like a friend of so-and-so's and you, you're his friend and you went to New Zealand to visit him. And, um, and <laughs> yeah, and they were like, they were so nice and really welcoming. Um, 
and um, and that was that was kind of a good start. But um, until my friends from New Zealand that I knew back home arrived, it um, yeah it was quite challenging, kind of getting finding really good solid friends, really really good friends. You know the ones that you can share anything with. Um, spend loads of time on the weekend with that was hard Um, and I kind of I thought well maybe I can meet people in my job but I was working for um, a financial services company where you know the average age and gender is like I don't know middle-aged man Um, yes like men in their 40s and I, I just thought no like I'm not going to find friends at work. (laughs) This is not going to (laughs) happen. But I did make some really, really excellent friends, friends who I'm still in touch with um, through house shares. I've I've lived all over London. I've moved around a lot, kind of weirdly. It must have a bit of gypsy blood in me. But (laughs) um, I've like, yeah, I've moved around London a lot and have made amazing friends in in house shares the people the places that I've lived I've um yeah and they they might have been um actually I think the majority of them aren't from England that's that's the interesting thing you know you come to London and there's so many there's so many cultures and so many people here from abroad it's like this magnet for um for people from all walks of life from every kind of background and yeah so most of the people I've met aren't English um that that I've become friends with do you some think of them may have it... gone back to their home countries um but I'm still in touch with them and yeah made really really good friends there that's so nice do you think that's what made it maybe a bit easier than the fact that you could make friends with other people who were in your situation so you could kind of come together and be close with people because they had also come from far away so in going to a place where you felt quite lonely that perhaps it was made easier because a lot of people were doing that as well for sure for sure um and yeah maybe like looking back in hindsight maybe like the friends that I've made aren't necessarily English because maybe we have a tendency to be a bit closed to meeting new people. Um, yeah, it, it kind of, yeah, if you're, if you're from a country and you, yeah, you kind of, you just live there, you have your friends that you've met at school or uni or whatever, you kind of, yeah, maybe you're not open to meeting other people you've got your circle of friends and that's cool um maybe ah, we don't make an effort it was quite ah uh, it was it was harder to make friends of people who were from here because they kind of were set in their ways and they had their own friends already yeah and I, I think we we probably have a tendency to be a bit closed um if we're if we're not if we haven't experienced being a new person in a in a a new place um yeah and in fact I did I did experience that same thing because I went back to New Zealand um to try and test the water see if I wanted to kind of go back and settle down at home like you know people eventually do 
and was getting loads of pressure from my family to like, when are you coming home? We miss you. And I kind of, I was loving London so much. I kind of found myself here. Um, but I thought, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll test it out. I'll see what it's like. I do miss, I do miss my family a lot. And um, so it got to a point where I think it was 2011 or 12. I remember, yeah, I wasn't in the UK for the Olympics, so it must have been 2012. I uh, was on a fixed term contract uh, job that was coming to an end. And the lease and the flat share I was in was coming to an end. And I thought this seems like a good kind of point to maybe potentially close this London chapter for the time being, go back to New Zealand, see what it's like. So you kind of then thought that you'd done the time that you said you were going to do in a different country and it was time to go back. Yeah, I think I, was, I, was, I wasn't I was 100% sure I was ready to leave, but it seemed like the right time to kind of explore the idea. And I thought I can always come back if I, if I miss it. Um... That also, so went... to me, feels like a really hard thing to do. To oh, First, you go to another country having to find a new job, meet like new friends, essentially some people who could be your family because you don't have them around anymore. And then you've been there for three years and perhaps you've, you've just about found them and settled in and then your people just go back home again. Like, if that's stereotypical for people in New Zealand, that feels like a lot to carry to 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 meet all these people and do all these things in those three years and then to just up and leave again yeah actually it's really really hard and I yeah I met so many Australians and New Zealanders who had a a short visa like just a working holiday visa they could stay for two years and it goes so quickly that time and um people who couldn't stay like I could, um, I, I managed to extend my ancestry visa and then I managed to get indefinite leave to remain. So I, d- I didn't have time constraints on my visa like a lot of people, um, but friends of mine did. And it was the most painful thing for them, having to leave a city that they were in love with, having to you know leave these kind of these new friends that they'd made and some of the people I've met it feels like I've known them my whole life and so yeah that's really really hard um and so by the time that I decided to kind of do that as well try that I'd been in London for what's I'm not good at maths what's 2012 minus eight years yeah for yeah I think so I'd been in London for eight years which is quite a long time very long time and yeah, and I kind of thought, yeah, like I, the people I've met, I know I'll stay in touch with. Um, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna see what it's like back in New Zealand, and it's not goodbye forever. I know I can always come back if I want to, um, and then so yeah, I went back to New Zealand, but I didn't go back to my home city where I grew up because kind of my the friends who I knew there had all left. And my my parents had moved away from Wellington as well. They'd moved to a a new town um, to sort of semi-retire. My brother had moved away. Um, he was living in Auckland for his job. Um, and um, 
And so it was kind of strange going back to my home country, but feeling like I didn't have strong roots there. And I was trying to work out where to live, um, whether I should live in Auckland, near my brother, or um, where my parents were living in Napier. I had a couple of friends in Christchurch as well, uh, which is a city in the South Island. And so I thought, well, I could live there. In the end, I I ended up staying with my brother in Auckland uh, for the first few weeks, and I was looking for jobs. And I found a job in Christchurch that I really liked, interviewed and and got it. So I thought, okay, well, that's that. I'm just going to go with the flow, follow the wind, ended up in Christchurch. I'd only visited Christchurch a couple of times. I didn't know it very well. And I had, yeah, like maybe two friends there. Um, Actually, not not even two. I had one friend there. I had one friend in Christchurch. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just, yeah. It's like starting I've been to London. Like, I can make this work. Yeah. I've I've lived in a different country. You now have to go through all the motions. I I know I can do this. I've, I've done it before. Yeah. But moving to a different city from my own country was quite a different experience because I guess because there aren't so many people who um who would you know who would necessarily like travel to Christchurch from abroad like mostly yeah, they're New Zealanders you don't have the common um, um yeah mostly they're people who have um, lived in Christchurch all their lives yeah. and they have their Uh, our connections got lost, so me and Katrina are going to recap. But you were saying that, um, so you moved to London for eight years and then you moved back home, but everyone had kind of moved away. And I think this is quite relevant to some people I know um, here in the UK on a smaller scale. They went to uni and then when they went to go move home, their parents had moved away or like everyone from home had moved so home was all of a sudden very different. And for you, that seems true. So you decided to move to a different place, but then you struggled more than you did moving to another country um, to make friends or enjoy life in your hometown. Exactly. Yeah. Why do you so, think that was? I think it's kind of like what I was saying before, like maybe why I hadn't made so many English friends when I moved to London is that, you know, I went to a, a place where um, it's not like London. It's not, it doesn't, Christchurch does get, um, you know, I guess people from other countries who go and live there for a while. Um, Yeah, I remember I was working for this science research institute and um, it attracted lots of kind of people from other countries. Uh, the kind of the work they were doing specifically attracted people from other countries. So there were international um, people living in New Zealand for, for a short time for their jobs. But on the whole, Christchurch is, um, or New Zealand maybe, is a country where it's not like London. It's not like um, you get people going to live there for a few years and then Wait, I know I don't know how to explain it. Um, so I guess maybe you're it's... saying everyone was quite um, close-minded. I, I would relate it to, like, if someone moved to my very small town in Somerset 
everyone already has their friends from school or from a place and it's quite difficult to make new friends or a new community because everyone kind of already has one and this is kind of I guess from a question that someone gave me the other day and why I wanted to do this because they were like I I, want to move to these places but like how do I make friends and that was the question that she had and I was like I guess I don't know you like from a job but because from my experience I've moved several times but I've always moved into an institution like I've moved to a university or I've moved to a drama school with you which is so easy to make friends because we're all in the same boat which I guess is what you were relating to earlier when you moved to London you mm. met people in a similar boat and when that happens it's so much easier to make friends because everyone's open to doing the same thing as they're also in that situation so it's quite difficult when you move somewhere where everyone's settled down has a job has their own set of friends to then build your own community from that because there's not as many people in the same boat as you exactly i, I couldn't have put it better myself yeah i think people as you know as as lovely as the people um, that I met are, I think if, yeah, people can probably just tend to be a little bit closed when they've already kind of, they're already very settled, they're already very established in their kind of their routine and their their kind of friendship circles and their network of, of family and friends that, um, yeah, they're just, just not maybe as open as, as other people are if, um, yeah, in, in other circumstances. Um, so that was, yeah, that was challenging. And I, I was lucky. I had one friend that I could, yeah, kind of see her um, on a regular basis. But it did feel lonely. Um, and did maybe that contributed to my reason for kind of wanting to come back to London. As much as I, yeah, I enjoyed sort of being back in New Zealand and being in the same time zone as my family and yeah. um, and seeing them slightly more, slightly more often, even though I was in a different city. I, you know, we had Christmas together and we we um, we had weekends away together. Um, so as as much as I loved that, I just yeah, I think I probably felt quite lonely and isolated. I really missed the UK. Um, I really miss my friends here and I missed the proximity to Europe as well. I um, I think, you know, one of the things I loved about living in London was so, so you're so close to Europe and maybe if you grow up in the UK, you take it for granted. But in New Zealand, you can't, you can't go to Europe on, you know, for your summer holiday. Yeah. It's, it's not so, it's not so feasible you know There's I no long I, weekends <laughs> to England <laughs> yeah yeah I can't do a mini break to um to Spain or something you know um so yeah I found all of those things were just really like calling me back and so after nine months in Christchurch I decided to come back to London so did that really kind of daunting thing of packing up my life and and kind of emigrating again um, but this time with established friends and, and I knew my way around and that's, that's something that, yeah, come, coming back the second time was so much easier. Kind of, I knew one of the challenges I found when I first arrived in London was, I don't know, I don't know where anything was. I didn't know 
where to shop for clothes. I didn't know, I didn't know like what kind of brand biscuits I liked, you know, little things like that, just like trying to navigate a new city um, and find those things um, is really, really hard. Um, uh, yeah, I just remember like thinking, oh, I just, it's so, I'm so frustrated. I just want to find a post box and I just don't know where they are. <laughs> um, but it's, it's those little things that, um, that actually uh, can be can be the most challenging when you move to a new place. Um, I had some questions off of that, um, but hmm. firstly, uh, just a quick one going off what you said before. Do you think you managed to find a sense of community, or um, yeah, do you think you managed to find a sense of community whilst you went back to New Zealand the second time, or was it really just not? Yeah, no, really not. Um... I had, yeah, I mean, I had one good friend who I knew already in Christchurch, and then I made one good friend at work, um, but not to the point where, you know, we'd socialise on weekends or evenings, um, but we were really good kind of work friends, um, but definitely not a community in the in the sense that we know it. So you um, kind of had best of, you've kind of had two very different experiences one where you felt like you found a new home and actually it was very well suited to you and one where you really struggled in that experience. And I think if we're being honest, that's going to be very realistic of someone if they're planning to move. Like it could be incredible and it could not, but if it's not, that's okay, you can go home. I don't think you're a failure for doing so, for trying something new and then not doing it. But also... Now we have the wonderful internet, phones and other things. There are many more ways to, I think, meet people and it's perhaps less tricky than when you first did it. Or like you could just I'd, go to clubs, join, join a yoga <laughs> class, meet some people there. Because I, yeah. I, I remember I rang you um, to ask Katrina to do, if she was happy to do this. And I said, like, how how do you think you can meet people? Because I, I was mulling this over for a while and then I was thinking work. And then you said, yeah, but at my work, there was um, everyone was all much older and not like really relatable. I was like, yeah, so true. Depends what job you go into, like unless you're going into a, like, a startup run by young people, you are sometimes going to go into an office where perhaps everyone's much older than you. I think my sister had that in her um, year in the industry where she did it. She worked for a whole year and she found that actually everyone was, people weren't her age. So she perhaps didn't find her like best friends the way that people did when they went to uni or in a situation where you're all with people your age. Not that you can't have friends of people your your age because I quite clearly have many friends of all ages. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, if a Sally who works in your office has three kids and um, this is her whole life and she doesn't do much else outside of it, you might not perhaps relate to her and want to have a nice coffee or uh, go out with her on the weekend like you want to do when you've just moved to a, a new place, which is tricky then to know what else to do, I guess. For so sure. you don't have all the answers, but you are proof that it is possible to do yeah and I think it absolutely depends on kind of what 
kind of industry you work in. Um, and like, yeah, when I worked in financial services, when I first arrived in London, like a, a lot of people were yeah much older than me and they didn't even live in London. So, you know, they would kind of commute in from Surrey or Essex or um, Hertfordshire or what, whatever. Um, and so kind of, yeah, even the thought of socialising on the weekends with, you know, with, with people was even more difficult if they didn't live in London. Um, it is possible. I think you just need to find the right, um, the right place. If it's not your workplace, then... There's so many, yeah, there's so many other places. Like, um, yeah, I remember like going to different acting classes, um, dance classes. You can, you can meet people these days kind of anywhere. I think as long as you, as long as you are brave and, uh, and you're willing to be open and, and maybe, yeah, strike up a conversation with someone. I, I remember, um, I'm probably not kind of that way naturally, but I remember one of my really good friends now, um, I met her, I was volunteering at a film festival and um, she's from Spain. She was working for the film festival and we just started chatting and, and she just kind of said, hey, do you, do you want to go and see a movie sometime or do you want to have drinks sometime? And, and I thought, oh yeah, like it is that easy. You just need to... You just need to kind of, yeah, be open and, and brave about asking someone if they want to hang out. Um, yeah, so true. You can't wait around for other people to kind of uh, ask you or start a conversation. If you've moved, you, you need to be, yeah, brave enough or be the one to step outside the box, maybe out of your comfort zone. It depends what type of person you are. And yeah, just try and make friends but that's amazing because then you the other person on the other side was like oh yes of course like you're also in that position you want to meet new people and go out also the worst she doesn't say is no thank you i'm busy that day then perhaps you might get the hint but like it's not (laughs) all you've got is a little bit of a bruised ego and you can move on and you'll perhaps find someone else (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly um yeah, it is. It's interesting. I do um, kind of just touching on what you were saying before, um, how, you know, I kind of moved to a new country and now this is my home. I think that's really, that's really interesting, actually, that um, I feel more at home in London than maybe I do in New Zealand now, having, yeah, having tried to kind of go back and, and settle in, in a new city in New Zealand um, and feeling feeling a bit lonely and feeling maybe like I didn't really belong. Uh, that's really weird in my own home country to kind of have that experience. Um, but to, yeah, to move to a city on the, on the other side of the world that I've now been living in for 16 years. Yeah, over 16 years. Um, you know, this feels like home. Uh, I think that's, yeah, that's kind of fascinating. I think it's incredible. So we lost connection on Zoom and had to pick this back up. So here is us continuing the conversation once we gained connection. But house shares was, for me, the, the way that I made really good friends. People who were kind of similar to my 
around my age or you know had similar interests maybe they were they were living in London you know they were on their big OE as well and so like yeah we kind of were coming from the same kind of living in London and coming from the same perspective yeah um trying yeah trying a new city a new a new country um so yeah, house shares for me was was the way that I made really great friends. And that's really um, interesting because actually if you do end up getting on well with your housemates, it's a really easy way to do it because you're kind of forced into the situation. I mean, I know I've I've had friends who've had very mixed experiences myself. I've had very mixed experiences even at uni. Mm. Um, but yeah, so have I. always not to give up on the first time, I think is a bit of a luck of the draw sometimes, but um if you get to meet people beforehand or have like a drink at the pub before you move into people I think you get to know people pretty quickly and then yeah that would be a great way to meet a network of people exactly and it's super convenient as well like when you are good friends with the people you live with you can kind of socialize with them so much easier you know with my friends um uh, who yeah who live in London now if we don't live in the same area we we have to plan like two weeks in advance or even more sometimes just to meet up whereas yeah if you're living with people who you get on really well with and become friends with then you know you've got your kind of your friends right there yeah so are you still friends with the people that you have shared now yeah yeah so one of my first house shares in London it was the kind of house share I really wanted to avoid so when I when I moved to London I just had this idea like I don't want to meet other New Zealanders or other Australians I'm moving to London I want to meet other people you know why why else am I traveling to London like if I wanted to meet Australians and New Zealanders I would stay where I am but um so I just kind of had this yeah this idea I'm just I just want to meet other people from you know from other countries but um as you know as things turned out I ended up in this really big house share with um eight or nine other Australasians that's so many people to live with yeah it was insane and it was a big house um and and thankfully it had more than one bathroom um but (laughs) yeah it was kind of it was crazy I mean, I guess at that point, at least one of the people you have to be friends with. You've got such a big bag of people at that point. Yeah, yeah. And this kind of house share is not uncommon in in London. Um, But I... I'm still friends with people I made uh, who, you know, I started living with in this house, which was 2005. I'm still friends with them. Some of them have gone back home to... Um, to Australia or you know wherever they came from but um, that sounds awful like or <laughs> wherever they came from <laughs> so let's cut that bit so yeah <laughs> so some of them have gone back home to Australia or New Zealand but I still am in touch with them to this day and yeah they're kind of they feel like friends that I've known my whole life um and yeah, I think we went through this kind of intense experience together of of being in London and trying to navigate this this crazy new city. Um, 
but yeah, for me, that was the best way to make to make friends. Nice. So going back to the beginning, I guess the first time you moved to the UK, you only know your cousin, who mm. I'm guessing you didn't see all the time because you lived so far away, and friends of a friend. Mm. What was your first week like? Hmm. My first week, I remember it was it was kind of like a dream. It was really weird. Um, I think for the first few days, well, actually, probably for the first week, my jet lag was insane. I kind of felt dizzy all the time. I felt, yeah, a bit spaced out. And my cousin and his wife were kind of doing their best to sort of show me around and show me how the tube worked. Um, and, and I kind of just thought, right, I've just got to jump right into it and start looking for a job. And I think, yeah, I thought, okay, this is fine. I'm an adult. I can go off and do this. And just, yeah, constantly being reminded that I'm, I'm in a strange city. I don't know where anything is. I've, I kind of, yeah, I've got a few people that I know, but, um, but really I don't, I don't know anybody. And, um, yeah, I think I was just like, what have I done? This is crazy. How am I, (laughs) how am I going, how am I going to survive? Um, and yeah, I think I was just in shock maybe the first week. And actually kind of going back to that um, that Mary Poppins image I had in yeah, London, yes. that bubble was burst really quickly. Um, so it must have been my first or second week, as well as kind of throwing myself into looking for a new job. I was looking for a, um, a flat share as well. And so I was kind of traveling around, going to flat viewings. Um, I was on my way home, uh, on my way back to my cousin's place from flat viewing. And he lived in Hampstead at the time, like really, really nice area. plush neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that also kind of maybe um, wrongfully or wrongly reinforced my image of yeah, Mary of like Poppins because nice, it was yeah yeah I kind of thought oh well if this is London I'm gonna love it um <laughs> but anyway so <laughs> like I was the on... richest parts of London where the houses are very expensive yeah everything's quite yeah. green there compared to normal London life it's stunning yeah my my um cousin had a really good job in a really nice place um <laughs> Little did I know that that was so far out of reach of, you know, of me and most normal people. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I was on my way home from a flat viewing and uh, I was just kind of walking, walking up the road towards my cousin's place. And I saw a couple ahead of me. Um, They looked a bit dodgy and I was quite intimidated and I thought should I cross the road? Would that be safer? And I thought, no, I don't want to draw attention to the fact that I'm kind of scared of them. I'll, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just hold my head up high and walk confidently past them on the footpath. And I did actually kind of give them a couple of 
looks, though I wasn't kind of staring, but I think I was just checking, just checking like, are they safe? Is this going to be okay? I was a bit worried. Um, Look in your metaphorical rear view mirrors, like, are they okay? Okay, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I was kind of like, oh, this doesn't feel right. But so I was just kind of glancing at them a little bit just to kind of, yeah, just to check if it was safe. And um, anyway, we were just kind of passing each other on the footpath. And I think one of them, it was a man and a woman, the woman had clocked me clocking them. And then she started yelling at me and I can't even remember what she was like saying but I she was swearing and she was calling me names and from out of nowhere she punched me in the (gasps) arm I was like what has just happened oh my god like I've just been assaulted on my way home and um yeah so I got back to my cousin's place I just kind of walked as quickly as I could back to his place got in the door burst into tears and I thought is this London like, I just love this what? so much that you what just... happened to Ch- <laughs> Cherry Tree Lane <laughs> what Where's happened Mary to Mary Poppins when I needed her why did you come down Where's with her Bert? <laughs> is that his name is that yeah it is isn't it I think so yeah yeah Bert the chimney sweep where's oh. Bert when you need him I just um, love that you had the, the only impression you had. Well, one of the only impressions you had is Mary Poppins, where everything's nice and rosy, and you know she makes everything better. And you're just walking down the streets. <laughs> In my head, you're like saying like chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim. And you just get clocked, probably by like some really cockney woman, like oi, you. What do you think you're looking at? And then it was, yeah, it was a bit like that. It you was, it was, bitch. and then it was insane. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so you know, maybe that was a good thing. Like it was horrible at the time, but maybe it was a good thing that my, you know, Mary Poppins bubble was burst, was and I kind of yeah thought really no, actually ending. Yeah, it's like London is a is a challenging city to live in, and. There's like the friendliest people, the scariest people, and then just like the laddiest. Also, I feel like the night in London is very different to the day in London. Mm, For sure. And British drinking culture is very different to many other countries. (laughs) I don't know. It's such a weird experience. Yeah, it is. I think it's, um, you know, that, and that's, part of the magic of London like it attracts so many people I love that from you all think that's walks the magic. of life and I'm just thinking <laughs> about walking into a spoons on a Saturday night or like literally at the minute walking outside my door and bumping into the queue of the club outside my house and fearing for my life and you're like it's the magic of London <laughs> well yeah that's the optimist in me yeah, you, you know are I'm always trying to look for the good I love it the good the good things um but yeah I mean you know yeah I found London a really really hard place to live in kind of the first six months or maybe the first year and then I just I found my groove and yeah, it's like it's not always easy, but um, 
but it is a quite a special city. Well, just quickly, what did your mm. parents think about you moving? So they were really excited for me. Um, my dad had done a kind of an OE of sorts. He came to London in his, maybe in his mid-twenties, travelled around, um, backpacked throughout Europe and had the best time and still talked about it, you know, kind of years and years later. Um, so he had a really brilliant experience and was yeah excited for me that I was doing it too. My mum hadn't, but she was, you know, equally kind of excited about me um, traveling and, and doing something new. Part of them, I think both of them, thought that maybe I, I wouldn't handle it. Maybe I'd be home in six months' time or a year. And I think they were shocked that actually, you know, I'm still living here. Way longer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe, maybe you know, maybe they, they could see that I was a sort of a quite naive and sheltered 23-year-old. <laughs> maybe, you know, they saw that and I didn't. I kind of didn't really appreciate that about myself until I got here. But, um, yeah, I think they kind of thought, oh, it might be a bit too much for Katrina. It might be too daunting and she'll, she'll probably come home and six to 12 months and um yeah and they're they're shocked that I'm still living here um they do frequently ask when I'm gonna move back home and it's yeah it's tough I um I don't know how to answer that question um because you know this feels like my home and I've I've I'm really settled here so that's yeah that kind of brings a new challenge of yeah, not having those strong ties to where you grew up. The big question, I, I guess, is what advice would you give someone moving to an area where they don't know many people? We may have already covered quite a few of those points. Yeah, I think I'd say be brave, be open, and don't be afraid to um, to be on your own, to explore on your own. I think I got really comfortable with with doing things on my own like back home I would never have dreamed of like you know just going to the cinema on my own or just going to you know a cafe to have lunch on my own I in London I got really comfortable and happy doing that and I think that's fine you know that's okay it's great to be able to explore and see something without having to wait for someone else to join you um, and that can be a real bonus of, of moving to a new place where maybe you don't have those those kind of, yeah, those friends around you or that, that community and you build that in time. But but it's OK to, yeah, to kind of see, see and explore on your own. That's but a yeah, in terms one. of... I think I need to hmm. work on that even now. Like the thought of going to the cinema tomorrow cinema by myself I'm like what's the point I should just watch a film at home and then I'm like no Simone you can leave the house you know and have an experience by yourself that is very possible and also probably very good for your soul (laughs) yeah it's great to be comfortable kind of with your own company and that that for me came about as a necessity because I you know didn't know so many people and I was still trying to yeah, make good friends. And I thought, well, 
I really want to go to the movies and well I'll I'll just I'll just go on my own yeah and uh yeah and it's it's really liberating when you yeah when you can kind of just get comfortable doing that um I think you've you've also got to kind of maybe see rather than focus on the the scary side of of being somewhere new like try and try and find the excitement of it you know exploring a new place um seeing things that you wouldn't normally see kind of make an effort to kind of seek out um experiences and people that you wouldn't normally come across that's also a very good point if you're walking into anywhere in any situation quite close-minded or or too nervous to do things or not and just very closed off then yeah your experience is going to be very limited and in return probably will make you feel more anxious and closed off I think it's really important to be open and explore as much as possible going into a new situation which is mm. very hard. It sounds so easy to say. Yeah, I'm so, so easy to say. Yeah, I'm. I incredibly. I, I can't find the right um, adjective for this word, but I really admire the fact that you came to a different country by yourself at twenty three and started a whole new life. I find it incredible, and to me, would be so so scary like people because we're actors people say to me all the time like don't you want to move to america and when i'm like well i have a british accent and you know i can't do a very good american accent and that's normally quite key when you go to america but that aside i have such a community here and i think i have a really bad this is not a good habit to have a fear of leaving behind a community for for another one when I really have such strong connections with people here I'm worried that I will never find that again and I've proven myself wrong by just going to uni and I did it took me a while this is a, a big lesson it did I didn't do it in the first kind of circumstance I I have friends who in the first week found their best friends and it took me the three years that's felt like a painstakingly long time the first two years I really um I've met some lovely people but they weren't my best friends and I really didn't have the best time until my third year I think it's important to recognize that things don't just come to you in the beginning and sometimes you might meet someone the first day you arrive but sometimes it might it might take you a while and I was very closed off in the beginning so I think I would have needed to take your advice and (laughs) open myself up to more opportunities to find those people later down the line because actually they were there in the same building I just hadn't found them yet like I hadn't Mm. opened myself up to gone go to the places that they were so if I'd had done that maybe I would have met my best friends now much earlier so very good yeah. advice that but that you know time aspect I think is really important to to acknowledge that it does take time um and take as much time as you need and this is something that you told me recently you know take as much time as you need yeah things don't always happen overnight before I moved to London I met a girl who was 
Um, she was a New Zealander. She went to London on her big OE and she lived there for a few years. She said on her first night out or her first weekend in London, she met the man who she later married and they moved back to New Zealand together. And I, you know, I kind of absorbed that idea and thought, oh yeah, that's going to happen for me too. Like it can happen. It will happen for me. And, you know, I, I haven't found the person, you know, that I want to be with for the rest of my life yet. Um, and I'm still looking, but that's fine. Um, we have to do that. We have to, yeah, we have to be kind to ourselves that things don't happen automatically. And, you know, it took me six months to a year to find my groove in London and to, you know, to connect with those friends in that massive house share um, with, you know, full of Australians and New Zealanders. It took me, yeah, a long time to kind of, to get to that point. Um, Well, you know, I guess it's all relative. Like six to 12 months doesn't feel like a long time now, but... When you're in it. But when you're in it, yeah, it feels like a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, so I I think you have to just kind of relax and let things happen naturally, but at the same time, be open, be excited, seek out new experiences and new opportunities and, and new people. I now have... A, after my internet search, so coming very back full circle around to the beginning, yeah, uh, some statements that some websites suggested that you will experience when you go to board solo. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on them. Go ahead. The first Sounds one is good. when <laughs> when you <laughs> uh, go abroad solo, it means you can invent a new life for yourself abroad. Yeah, that's funny. I uh, when I came to London, I I thought that same thing. I thought this is the ideal opportunity to um, to not necessarily create a new me, but I thought I could create a new nickname for myself. Love that. So when I was growing <laughs> up, I'd always wanted to be called Katie for short. Really. Yeah, was I don't know. It's just like I was. Yeah, I just Maybe can't I met some Katies and really liked them. And I, no one ever shortened my name. I was always Katrina, and so I kind of felt like I was missing out on a, you know, a shortened nickname. And um, and so I thought, well, I can I can do that now. I can introduce myself as Katie. Yeah, no one will ever know. And I can finally get this nickname I've always wanted. <laughs> and um, and I think in the end, I chickened out. Because um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't kind of do it. Yeah, anymore. I think yeah. in reality, you um, could become a version of yourself that you would like to be. But it will always still be a version of yourself. It won't ever be an entirely different person to who you are because we're human and we fall into habits and patterns. And Yes, and I think that's why I never ended up, you know, fully committing to, to making people call me or suggesting that or introducing myself as Katie. I can call you Katie if didn't... you want, Katrina. Oh, that's so sweet. But it kind of... Now, I think that's not 
authentic. That's not the authentic me. I would me. feel quite weird calling you Katie. I just can't see it. It's weird. Yeah, that's and it didn't stick because it's it's not who I really am. Did anyone and actually, ever try and call you Cat? Yes, I was just going to say. And actually, yeah, this this other nickname kind of eventuated and. That feels more me. Yeah, cat. Lots of lots of my friends call me cat. Why didn't I call you cat? That's yeah, what I'm go doing ahead. You're from more than welcome. On. Do it. <laughs> um, the second statement was: you can take yourself out of your comfort zone. Yes, that's so true. And actually, it's not necessarily just about taking yourself out of your comfort zone. I think you're kind of forced. To you're like shoved out of your comfort zone <laughs> by yeah by the kind of circumstances that you find yourself in, yeah. which is a good thing. I think it's always a good thing to be pushed out of your comfort zone. Uh, another one's you can create unexpected connections. Yes, yeah, so many, so many. There's people in my life who I never would have dreamt of meeting in New Zealand. Um, I've got friends from all over the world. And had I stayed in New Zealand, uh, or, you know, had I just, you know, come to London for a brief time, I wouldn't have these amazing people in my life. Love that. Um, Mm. This one's interesting. Everyone will have an opinion about your safety. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even now, you know, I'm I'm 39, almost 40, and <laughs> my mum, uh, yeah, my mum, and even my like my good friends will will always kind of say, "Oh, text me when you get home, won't you?" Like, <laughs> or or yeah, like my mum will kind of, if I call her late at night when you know it's morning in New Zealand, um, if I call her and I'm my I'm on my way home from a night out or something. She'll she'll say, oh Katrina, is, is it safe to be talking to me while you're walking home? Oh. Don't you know somebody might you might because you're distracted. You know you, you need to be all aware of <laughs> everything that's going on around you. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's so true. But that could just be my my overprotective mother. Oh, I think um, I think I I think I'm the one that also goes text me when you get home. I'm a paranoid. Yeah. It's London. It's and scary there's nothing place. wrong with that. We've got to look out for each other. There's nothing wrong with with being worried about people. (laughs) Uh, Another one was, things won't go according to plan. Yes. Yeah, big time. Like we were saying before, you know, you have this this plan for yourself based on maybe unrealistic expectations or um, pressures you put on yourself to achieve certain things. Um or to attain certain things and um yeah I think the older you get the kind of the more you realize uh that there's there's no point having those expectations because things will happen as they happen and you yeah you can't necessarily um yeah control it control every aspect of your life Mm -hmm. the way that you want to so you've just got to relax and just yeah take the ride I think that's very prevalent for everyone's life, especially right now. <laughs> right now, yeah, for sure. Nobody saw this coming. No. Nope. Well, you know, maybe some people did. Scientists, maybe yeah, they did. Maybe. But, if yeah. they did, they kept it themselves <laughs> for a while. 
Um, that was all of my questions on that, although I do very, very quickly want to just touch on nothing to do with the subject matter that we're talking about, but it's definitely worth noting that Katrina, um, like many, many of my friends, we just did a podcast with my friend Sarah, who changed careers after having a long career in something else. So did you decide to do that at some point in your life? Yeah, that's right. And so I kind of, when I started working, I, I sort of ended up falling into human resources um, for no kind of no particular reason other than, yeah, it was, I think maybe it was a temp job that came up and I, I kind of liked it and um, I was working with nice people and then I ended up staying in this career and I, for a long time, I never really felt fully satisfied um, it was never really, it didn't fulfill me in a way that I wanted to be fulfilled. Acting had always been my passion, always kind of thought, oh, well, it's it's a hobby, you know, I can't make a, you know, a serious living out of it. Like everybody always says, oh, it's so competitive. Um, and um, yeah, and I think my parents definitely were kind of never too encouraging of acting being a, you know, a, a career potential you know it was always just a you know yeah keep it on the side um but uh, I got to a point yeah where I was um maybe 35 and I thought I don't want to be in a career that I'm not fully loving I, I want to do something I'm passionate about and then had this epiphany like well go to drama school like acting as your passion see if you can make it a reality and so yeah I started um yeah drama school when I was 36 and yeah it kind of seemed like a crazy crazy thing to do and I think lots of lots of people told me like oh my god you're so brave like I couldn't do that and and I thought well I just have to start kind of living the advice that I'd give to other people you know I would always say to someone it's never too late you've got to follow your dreams you've got to do what you love and yeah it was time for me to kind of to um start living kind of what I was preaching so yeah took this kind of really brave step out of a stable job um out of kind of everything that I knew went to drama school full-time for two years and my god it was the best thing I've ever done and that's a huge thing to stop your job and then step out for a whole two years to do something else completely different or just to stop working at all for two years to to do that yeah and to kind of to yeah to go back to studying full-time as an adult I felt I felt yeah, really, you know, is this the right thing? Is Am I too old? Is it too late? Have I missed the boat? Have I missed my opportunity to get into acting? And um, thankfully, our drama school, um, there were lots of people um, of all ages and I didn't feel like I was, yeah, doing this kind of crazy thing. And, you know, I'm now at a point where, you know, if things don't work out in acting, um it doesn't matter because I had the best time. I'm so glad I, I took that leap, that kind of, yeah, that leap of faith. And, and a lot of people thought it was crazy. 
Um, <laughs> um, and my family, yeah, were like, were shocked when I told them. Um, and, you know, I'd, I'd been saving up for a deposit, you know, eventually, like I still couldn't afford it, but I'd, I'd saved up a big chunk of money for a deposit. And when they found out I was going to spend it all on drama school, Not they thought, house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They thought, oh, okay, um, good luck. <laughs> I love that so much. Because there, there will be people listening now, there'll be people who are far older and will, will have had this itch to do something, anything. It could have literally be just to join a club and they would have thought, no, I've missed the boat. You know what, I, I should have, if I wanted to do that, I should have done it in my 20s, for example. I should have done it in my teens. But you're, you, you're not ever too late to do anything. I mean, you might be too late to you know, have a career as a, a ballerina or be in the Olympics um, later down the line because sadly they're very um, mm. age. But it doesn't mean you couldn't do a ballet class now for fun and still exactly. do that itch. It doesn't mean you can't do those things. It doesn't mean you can't join a track club. You can't do any skill at all it you you have all the time until you die to do anything that you have an itch a passion or an inkling or a feeling something you want to try to do yes yeah and I think we owe it to ourselves life is short we owe it to ourselves to to make our passions part of our life in in any way shape or form that may take you've got to make it part of your life and you know they always say it's the things that you don't do that you end up regretting and I I know that I will never regret going to drama school because that was my passion and um and I've made it a part of my life um and whatever your passion is you can you can do it it can be part of your life it can be part of your your routine somehow and I hope it's so important it feeds it feeds our souls yes I really hope yeah, if there's anyone um, in that situation now, I think my advice would be uh, during this crazy, crazy time that if you found yourself in a position where perhaps you can't do that right now, because I think before I'd always have be like, well, like there's no time like the present. Like when I first started doing these before Christmas last year, I'd be like, yeah, go. If you have something, go and do it now. But now I'm very aware that... that some people right now it's just not at all possible because we're well for one we're in a second lockdown right now in the UK <laughs> two there's a worldwide <laughs> two there's a worldwide pandemic and a lot of industries have paused or stopped or other things are happening but to hopefully encourage or reassure people that it even if you have to wait, it doesn't. If you can't do it now, you will be able to do it in the future. That there, there is, there's not a time limit on most things. If you want to do something, and also just to recognise that, like, it's really shitty that you can't do them now. And I, I'm very sad about that. <laughs> I don't know about mm. you. Um, like even as an actor who currently I feel like I might as well say I have another job, which is what I've done for the last two years anyway, because that is my main thing. But um, to not, Likewise. Yeah. <laughs> but don't 
feel like they won't happen at some point because I have every faith that I don't know when this situation will end, but um, at some point we will all be able to still do it and there's no time limit, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Even for people that maybe wanted to go to uni or... I don't know, we're never too late. You did a drama degree at the age of 35, so if someone's 35, 40, 50 now, 20, and they're worried that they're not going to be able to do it now, you will. There's time. Mm. yeah there's a where there's a will there's a way yes and yeah even if you know it doesn't feel like there are loads of opportunities right now in lockdown in a pandemic we'll get back to a time when when yeah we can do the things that we love right i've kept you for ages and i was like i promise katrina this one i'll be sure no it's absolutely not (laughs) so let's end it um thank you so much katrina It's been an absolute pleasure.